0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other amazing podcasts like No Straight Path, hosted by Ashley Menzies Babatunde. Now, by shedding light on the stories behind the shiny resumes, social media highlights, and job titles, No Straight Path aims to humanize success from the millennial perspective. Featuring guests from all walks of life, No Straight Path aims to inspire conversations around the nuanced perspectives of success. Now, some of these topics at home, you're going to love this show. Success is all about maximizing happiness. An interview with Esther Agbaji about finding your voice. Success is communal with Yvonne Doc Aswad. Now, if these topics are interesting to you, make sure to check out No Straight Path wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, you're going to hear me on The Blacklist, a podcast with Ulysses Osuna. We speak all things startups, personal branding, and billion-dollar goals.
1: Yeah, is it a passion project for you, or is it there a lot of money
0: in this project, and that's Um, why you want to move forward? Listen, man, if, if you can make money, you'll find, you'll find some passion around it. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing this uh, just for fun. I'm building a company that's that's going to be successful. I mean, yeah. that's always what I focus on. I work in disruptive industries or with cutting edge technologies and try and build that from the ground up so that there's some sort of acquisition event or exit event so that it's successful. And early on, it's a lot of work. And early on, if, if you ask anybody, like the money in startups doesn't come till much later on, right? right. Like you gamble a little bit of your time so that in the future, you could have an exit event. So you're figuring everything, like when I'm working in a startup, I'm coming in at zero. When I say zero, it's like pre-revenue. So we haven't made any money day one. And you got to figure out all the sales, all the marketing, all the HR, finance, logistics, hire all the right people, raise the money from the right investors. That's also a reason why I'm here right now. So uh, I don't know why I subject myself to working in startups because it's it's craziness, but it's a lot of fun for me. And I've worked in, startups as an operator, when I say operator, like CRO, CEO, like I am now, the head of sales and marketing, VP sales and marketing. I've worked in startups like that. I've also worked as uh, like a fractional CXO. So working with a whole bunch of startups is almost like a consultant. Right. And that's sort of been like my my career. I mean, like if you Google me, a lot of the stuff that comes up is the podcast that I built, brand that I built, but ultimately all that fun stuff has been built off what I do in my nine to five.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we were talking off camera. That right now you are kind of building up your personal brand. I'd say you do a great job because you have a million followers on Instagram. You have a ton of downloads on your own, on your own, you know, podcast. Yeah. Um, why are you building your personal brand now?
0: And are you helping any, you know, any other companies kind of do that, do the same? So okay, great question, because everything that I do for myself, I do for the companies where I'm leading those companies. Yeah. Right now I'm in a CEO role, but previous I was heading up all sales and marketing and the content strategy that I use for myself, get my own podcast out there and to get, of my name in front of as many eyeballs as possible. I use that if I'm going to take a product to market. Right. So why do I do it? I mean, uh, building, a, building a strong brand is important for any company, but I think the reason why I'm doing it for myself is because I can take that with me anywhere I go.
1: True. So
0: I started doing, I mean, I'm, this, I'm a student of the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's of the world that have built incredible brands, love them or hate them, but you know their name, or at least you know some of their names, right? Yeah. And the thing is, when you build a name and you build a tribe and you build an audience and a community like that you can take any product that you take to market and you immediately have eyeballs on it. So you look at what Gary Vaynerchuk's done with VaynerMedia, VaynerSports, Empathy Wines, all the products that he wants to launch, he immediately has eyeballs on it. Yeah. And he has eyeballs on that product. So why not get started? Because building a personal brand is what? It's just talking on social, usually for free, about things that you already love and care about and you're passionate about. Right. You build an audience of like-minded individuals around that thing, you do it over a period of time, you're gonna have a large community and that's gonna benefit you no matter what you do. So right now, I pivot from tech to CPG, I can bring that company in front of the million people that I can talk to on social, I can yeah. talk about it on my podcast. I can run ads on my podcast for my own company if I want. I could do whatever I want, but that's because I spent, well, about four years now, every single day putting out content across social, across podcasts, across newsletter, I do that purposefully. So then 20, 30 years, I don't know if I'm gonna be with Me. I have no idea what's gonna happen with right. this company, but whatever I'm working on then, I still have my name, right? Yeah. So that's the goal. And what is your goal with this current company? Is it also another exit? Always. Yeah. I mean, that's what my investors want. and Got yeah, to, <laughs> you yeah. know, do, do well for them. But yes. Yeah, so the goal is with a CPG company, um, get it into the hands through direct to consumer, Amazon, Shopify, Walmart.com, get it into retailers through distribution. So you're in the Walmart, the Publix, the CVS is the targets. And then ultimately you grow that way. Yeah. And then eventually you look for, like we raised a, a pre-seed and now we're looking to raise the next round, which is why I'm here. And you keep raising rounds, you keep scaling the company, and eventually, I mean, you can sell it. Usually, around the fifty million dollar in annual revenue mark is when larger companies will start looking at you. Yeah. So, like the any of the large, any of the large, uh, like Procter and Gamble or anything like that, they'll start looking at you to to acquire. Um, if you want to push it further, you want to take it to like the hundred million or you know two hundred million dollar revenue mark, then you're going to get some serious buyers because now it's a meaningful acquisition. And then if you want to push it further than that, as you raise more money and continue to scale, then you're looking at like IPO, making yeah. the company public. Yeah. Now, I don't know where we're going to be. We sort of, you know, as we, as we scale our revenue and we're still very early, I mean, the company is only about a year and a half old, scale our revenue, eventually we'll start to look at offers and see where we want to go. And maybe, maybe we don't want to sell at a $50 million revenue mark with the multiple on our EBITDA and that's our valuation. Maybe we do want to take it all the way and go IPO. And that's a conversation yeah. with the investors that are on the board, our stakeholders, our equity holders. So, yeah, I mean, that'd be huge. Dude, huge well. you I mean, that's always the goal, right? And then, like, you always, have to, you always have to understand, is it the right time to sell? Is it not? I mean, with my last company, uh, it was a very good time to sell. So we yeah. had a product that did very well during COVID. It was a SaaS product, a software product that removed a lot of processes that somebody in a control room like that would be doing. So we had a lot of traction during COVID for our software product. So coming out of COVID, it was the right time, right place. We had a great offer. So for, for the founder CEO, because that wasn't me, yeah. I joined a CRO for the founder CEO, that was a good offer, right? That was a good time. Um, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know that the current investors for the new company, they really want to take it big. And I'm down with that. Like that for me is very exciting. Like I don't want to sell the company when we're only doing 10 million in revenue or 20 million in revenue. For me, I would like to go big. I mean, if I'm committing a lot of my life to it right now, that's exciting. I don't yeah. know what the future holds. Hopefully it's ages well. Who knows? But like <laughs> you always want to shoot big.
1: Right, right. And how long do you think it'll take until you guys start looking at those offers? Cause hmm. you know, it is hard to kind of guess <laughs> when you're going to hit that certain revenue, but yeah. um, you know, at a certain point doesn't it become almost
0: predictable? It does. I would say that with a CPG company, with a product that is in a blue ocean, I think you'd want to put between six to six to 10 years into it. Yeah. That's a pretty safe bet. If you aren't having significant off, op- I mean, if you're not, if you're not hitting certain revenue milestones even after 3 or 4 years after a while you're going to wonder if it's worth it i mean True. a business should be scaling but i think that if you want to have a meaningful exit the 6 to the 10 year mark is pretty safe yeah so that's sort of where i'm shooting for right now and that's a mixture of again direct to consumer sales and retail distribution yeah
1: and you know you you mentioned that you're going kind of uh all in on that but uh, you're also you also have the podcast and you're mm-hmm. also are you doing anything else outside of that
0: so I would say my life is split into sort of three parts right now, and I say three parts, but I mean, ultimately, the majority of my time is invested in building a startup, because that is the, the, the biggest time suck, for sure, Yeah, a ton of work, the other things that I'm building would be my personal brand, and a passion project that I'm heavily involved in, um, I'm helping two other partners build a private equity firm, that focuses on investing in startups, You're and telling me about and, that? yeah, exactly, yeah. so that doesn't take as much of my time, um, I have two partners that do a lot of the work for that, just because I don't have the time, but that's always something that I've been passionate about. So uh, as as, you know, as my career progresses, as my life progresses, um, I love working with business owners. I love working with entrepreneurs. I love helping them understand uh, what works, what doesn't based on my experiences. I mean, I like investing in businesses. I like finding good opportunities. That to me, I can do for the rest of my life because yeah. that isn't, it's a lot of work. It's not, a, it's not as much work as building a startup from the ground up. So I mean, 100%. like if this, Ifonomy goes very well in in my future, angel investing, uh, investing in different companies, both cash flowing and more uh, like high risk startups, that's probably where I want to go. Yeah. But that's that's where everybody who has like a good career, good exit eventually goes. They want to invest, they want to sort of like give back to the, the business community. Yeah, and I think if you have that personal brand and you take it with you, then I mean, anything else you 100%. promote is gonna. So you want to look at somebody who's done this well, but not, so I'm looking at startups, I'm looking at tech companies, I'm looking at cash flowing businesses. And I would leverage my personal brand to find both deals because if you're trying to invest, you need deal flow and you need investment, right? Because you don't always invest 100% of your own money. In fact, that's kind of stupid. You usually find a pool of investors or LPs and you invest their money because you can find good deals, you can find good businesses, you can help them grow, and you can sort of fix the things that are wrong, right? Right. So if you have a personal brand, you you can find both. Now, who's done this very well for real estate is Grant Cardone. So Grant Cardone is a huge brand and he finds good deals and he finds a lot of investors through his personal brand. Yep. So in the future, maybe I wanna do that with more traditional investment, venture capital, startups. That's something that I could see working really, really well. And I don't think a lot of people understand the power of personal brand when it comes to uh, building out a VC firm, building out a private equity firm, because these are not the industries where personal brand has really come prevalent. No. But you start to see leaders in these types of firms starting to understand it. Yeah. So like, um, uh, for example, David Rubenstein, um, uh, Carlisle Group, like he's going on podcasts more. like He's putting himself out there. One of the largest private equity firms in the world. So you start to see people that maybe at one point in their career were more legacy thinkers in terms of personal brand, where they didn't really get it. It doesn't make sense. Now they're trying to put themselves out, themselves out there so they can start to build an audience and a community around their name. Yep. So I mean, if you look at some of the industry leaders that are starting to adopt it, who are in pr- pretty legacy industries like private equity, um, if that person is going to do it, like, why wouldn't you? You understand the value. You see people that are not even like the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's, but people that have built billion dollar fortunes. And that's like the only thing they haven't done. They haven't built a strong personal brand. These people are all billionaires in private yeah. equity and they haven't built a personal brand. And now they're trying to double down and get more exposure because they, they want that. And it's going to help them do whatever they choose to do. And it will also help them. Um, I think. Uh, I think it's just a general net positive for their business. So if you look at a big bank or a big private equity firm or even like a VC firm, and it's just a firm, it, it, it humanizes the business, right? Same like you look at uh, Elon Musk and Tesla, who has more followers on Twitter? It's, yeah. it's Musk, right? And if you look at Richard Branson and Virgin, it's Branson who has more of a community around him. So it doesn't matter what you're in. The point is having a personal brand humanizes the business. It's like the, almost like the celebrity CEO, right? Yep. like You want to put yourself out there. So start now with something you're passionate about and you don't know where it will go, but it'll be, in my opinion, a net positive as long as you're comfortable putting yourself out. I mean, you're doing, this is your job, this is your life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, for somebody that works at those higher level companies or, you know, is, is, is kind of like a banker or, you know, has a VC firm, how much quicker can they build their personal brand versus somebody else that's, you know, just kind of like a normal business owner? Because they have the money. They can, I, yeah. they can essentially pay, you know, big money to kind of do all the stuff that we really have we have to work
0: really hard for. I mean, overnight you can become known because you can pay for traditional PR. Yeah. But I do think that the strength in a personal brand is somebody's willingness to be super authentic and not give a shit. That is really that is really the strength. And I think that a lot of people that operate at that level because they've built their career without putting themselves out there all the time, only as much as they have to, I feel like they may not be as comfortable doing that. So I'm not saying they don't have a leg up because they, they have multi-million dollar marketing budgets. Yeah, But I do know that Gary Vaynerchuk, and Grant Cardone, and those people, and, and probably you when you first started out, and me as well, I just started by posting stuff that I cared about. Yeah. That's literally it. And then you find that tribe and you double down on it. And I mean, they have a huge advantage, but social media, organic reach, understanding friends, understanding which platforms expose you to the widest audience. If you do a little bit of research, the, the, the playing field is a little bit more even than it used to be. Take me through
1: that because um, you know not too many people know how to do that type of stuff. And They're thinking like, you know, I don't know what the fuck to talk about. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what to post about. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, so if, okay, so if I was going to start off, obviously, you're probably uh, focused on a job or a business that you're in. And I would say for content ideas, day one, uh, figure out who your target customer is. And then you're going to be answering questions that your target customer would have. So literally, write if you, don't, if you can't think of questions, which as a business owner, I really doubt that's true, but if you're listening to your demos or your pitches or your discovery calls, like write out the questions that your customer's asking you before they close the deal. Yeah. Like literally write them out and sit in front of a camera, or if you have a tough time talking to a camera, then invite a friend over and just tell the friend to ask you those questions. Record that, and that's your content. Yeah. That is, that's, it's really not that complicated. Now you can figure out after you record that content, you want long form? Do you want short form? Do you want to put it up on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Reels, Snapchat, Spotlight, YouTube Shorts, whatever it is. But the point is, that's really the premise for the content. You're answering questions that your audience wants answered, and that's going to help you in a business context. It's going to build a tribe around things that you know. Yeah, right.
1: With so many with so many social media platforms, where do they post? Are they posting as well um, where their target audience is, or should they post in all platforms to see what sticks?
0: I I okay. So, both. <laughs> um, I mean. I'm a little nuts because I post everywhere all the time and I did that before I had a team yeah. because I figured out a process and, and I, this is why I started the podcast, right? Because I have conversations with people who'd be talking about things that I'm passionate about that I would hope my audience would be passionate about as well and podcasts were a great way and a great medium to have content that I could eventually chop up into little bits and distribute everywhere, right? My podcast goes into uh, 30 to 60 second clips for all the short form video apps. Yep. Um, I have uh, quotes that go up on Twitter I have obviously the podcast that goes up on my RSS feed on, on YouTube. I take the podcast, transcribe it with a tool called otter.ai, and then I turn that into a newsletter that goes out. So I found a content form that allowed me to go everywhere without too much work. Um, if you don't want to do that, then I would say you should test at the beginning at least one post per platform per week minimum, oh, but yeah. I would double down and triple down on the one that gives you the highest returns. Right. So I would still show up everywhere as much as possible because realistically what's showing up, right? Like if you already have a 30 second uh, TikTok clip, it may not be optimized for Twitter or it may not be optimized for Facebook, but still throw it up there. But I mean, if you're, if you're building a huge audience on TikTok for whatever reason, and they love that content and they love the stuff you're putting out, like triple down on that. Yeah, Triple down on that. That's where you're going to be known. Um, but I think the easiest way to do that, uh, in my opinion, is to go everywhere, which means that you have that one like sort of pillar piece of content. And then you just clip it out and just push it everywhere. Being omnipresent. It's the easiest, but it's the hardest also at the same time. I mean, you have to have a process, you have to really be committed to this. I think that a lot of people, like if they just started, that would be a good first step. They just started with a small little video clip, answering those questions, pushing it out to social. That would be the best way to like get off the ground.
1: Yeah. But I also think, um, you know, don't you have to have like, don't you have to have some sort of personality in order to actually grow? No, you definitely
0: don't. No. No, you don't. Because you have to be useful. You can be entertaining, mm. but if you're useful, people will it'll, it'll still resonate with people. Yeah. So, so if look you're not at
1: entertaining. Look at like you're providing um, value. Look at
0: Lexa uh, Lex, uh, Friedman. Uh, his podcast, if I'm his podcast, is like one of the top ranked podcasts. He's like a super monotone. Like <laughs> I think he's like a, a a professor from I think MIT, if I'm not mistaken. But he's had like Zuckerberg on his podcast. He's had Musk on like three times. Like yeah. he's a content creator. He's incredibly articulate, very smart, and he's not necessarily that charismatic or entertaining. He just shows up, delivers tons of value.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow.
0: Well, for anybody listening, that means uh, you know you guys don't have no any- No excuse, yeah, there's literally no, no excuse ever. And, and it doesn't have to be like business. It could be like if, you, if you're starting like a dog walking business, like push out content about that because that will also act as demand generation and top of funnel for any business that you create.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's huge. Um, all right, so tell me, you
1: know, for, for people that are listening that have uh, never heard of you before, um, you know, what, what is it that you want to be known about? And, you know, from five years, five years looking back you're yeah. gonna be like, okay,
0: yeah, like, you know, I totally did what I wanted to do. Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, five years looking back, what do I want to be known for? Um, I, I think that the reason why I'm building out another company is because I want to have a big win, like a household name, a household name that I've been able to build up with an incredible team from the ground up and have that, you know, like as the Scott built this. Why, though? Why does that matter to you? To me, it's like it's, a, it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment that I was able to take something from zero to billions of dollars. Yeah. I have no idea if I'll be able to accomplish it. And if not, there's a lot of like, you know, milestones along the way that I still I'm still happy with where I'm at right now. But the point is, I think that's an incredible an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Now, if say I can't do that, what I can do is is at least deploy capital and invest in companies to create a minimum of billion dollars worth of value. Yeah. So if I can't do it on my own with one company, I know that I could take several companies from the ground up, from zero to 10, which is somewhat my sweet spot right now, and uh, provide tons of value to the world at large through startup investment and, and helping founders sort of navigate their way through their first you know, few sales, few customers. So for me, it's like, how do I, how do I have a billion-dollar mark on this world? That would be a level of accomplishment for me. Yeah. yeah. Why? Like,
1: why does it need to be a billion dollars in value or in an exit or something like that? Is it because,
0: yeah, no, actually, Because why not?
1: Because if (laughs) someone else
0: has done it, then why can't I? Yeah. And that sounds ludicrous. But ultimately, if you build a, first of all, if you build a company to a billion dollar plus valuation, it's not like you are running Walmart. You're running a company that's known, that has contributed and benefited a significant amount of people. I feel like when you cross that billion dollar threshold, you have now given back more to the world um, than just something that can put money into your pocket. Because you can, make, you can build a good company and you can make significant money more than you'll ever need and the company will never be known. Even if you had like a smaller company that say like had like a 10 million annual recurring revenue rate and you sold it for $50 million and say you were 100% owner. Like, yeah, yeah, Or even like 50 say you had $25 million banked after an exit. That company's not gonna be known no. more often than not. But you're pretty comfortable for the foreseeable future. Right. Depends on which city you live in. But I mean, like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're still pretty good. Yeah. So I think that to have a, a big impact on the world, you have to play big. And I really do believe if more people shot big, then at least wherever they ended up would be meaningful. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you don't need to be there. But if other people have done it, then why not you? Why not me? Right. 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 Well, dude, it was amazing. Where can people find you? Um, you can go to Instagram at Scott D. Clary or Scott D. All the links, podcasts, all that stuff there. Got it. Well, I appreciate you. You had a, you know,
1: you had a phenomenal session. Thanks, and man. And thank you so much, dude. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing me on. How are we with time?
0: I want to take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. you need indeed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000, That's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system, 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable, actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs or even your whole company and it's really affordable. with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening,